This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Yo, 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 ready for this? This is the Jennifer Tebow Radio Channel, brought to you by the Tebow Company. Bringing sports gumbo to the interactive podcast radio world, we are a collective of sports shows, hosts, and topics that feed your sports appetite. It's time to turn your sound up and bring your sports opinions to the table. Now let's get in and win this. This is Jennifer, Dr. J. Tebow, and this is the Sports Plug. It's the first episode, and <laughs> wouldn't you know it, it's a special broadcast. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, um, it's almost biblical that on the uh, relaunch of the Jennifer Tebow radio channel, along with all the shows that we're going to do, it's almost biblical that there's something so sports-related and connected that it just made it the perfect special broadcast and topic for the sports plug. As you all may have read about or heard about the sports club, the sports plug, I keep wanting to say club, I will not change that name. <laughs> the sports plug is a show, it's a series of shows that's designed to connect, plug, get it, connect, connect sports to other, you know, daily hot topics things that we want to know about. It could be even resources for sports athletes, parents, all the connecting parts, coaches, what have you. So it's our opportunity to have a dialogue, but to bring in things that are fresh, that are new, that are just really hot off uh, the uh, pages of the internet or CNN or all of the major news houses. And so I'm happy to bring that to you. We'll have different hosts and guests and people coming back and forward, but this one is going to be me, or if you want to dial in, this is a live show because that's how we roll. If you want to call in and weigh in on the topic, the number is 917-889-8496. That's how you get connected to the sports plug. Again, I'm Jennifer Dr. J. Tebow. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The scandal. Operation Varsity Blues. I actually think that's one of the cutest names that I've heard from the FBI uh, naming their different um, investigations. But it's very serious. This is not a cute situation. This is uh, something that probably a lot of people in the back of their minds said, uh, I think this could be happening. It might be happening. Or we see things right in front of us and we go, this looks like it's this way. And here we are, the college placement scandal. And, you know, there's, let's just be honest. There have been people you've met, and they've gone to the so-called extraordinary schools, and they don't match up. <laughs> let's just say it that way. The way they present themselves does not match up to the standard of these higher-level, so-called higher-level schools. So it, it's, it's a head-scratch. You go, how did you... How did you even get in, right? So I found myself doing that. How did you even get in? And then if somehow you got in, like let's just assume somehow you got in, 
how did you survive and actually graduate? So this this Operation Varsity Blues, this FBI investigation, this federal investigation, actually answered some of these questions that maybe a few of us have had when meeting people or looking at them on television and wondering how in the heck. So long and short of it, there was an operation, a, a, a CD operation to allow for a fee to take part in two different types of cheating circumstances for admissions. A parent, or anybody, I guess, but a parent could pay upwards of 15000 even some up to 75000 could pay to have someone either take their child's SAT or ACT or work to improve the answers prior to being admitted for, for grading. That was that was scandal one. Scandal two, or option two, if you've got a few more coins, you could actually um, go in under the admissions guidelines as a student athlete, even though the child may have never broken a sweat in their lives. So that's kind of what the scandal is. It gets even better. It's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> because you've spent a lot of money on cheating, they created a system where you could write it off. Wow, isn't that handy? So parents were not only paying large sums of money, they actually had the nerve to write some of it off to reduce their tax liability. So that is what is like crazy, crazy, um, crazy circumstance that parents would actually, actually do that. But they did. And I get it. I'm going to talk about it. But there's been so many, uh, so much misinformation about what the investigation is, um, the arrest, what the true scandal is, I thought instead of me sensationalizing and adding my little extra flavor, which of course I do and everybody does, it's human nature, I took the opportunity to go to the Department of Justice and uh, look at their press release. So what happens anytime there's a major investigation of this nature where the Department of Justice, some of their U.S. attorneys, will stand up and talk about in a press conference what's happening. They always uh, deliver a press release, which is all of the information. Uh, sometimes if there are a small number of names, then they may list the names. In this case, around 50 people were arrested, so they did not list all of the names in the press release. But they'll list you know, where the jurisdiction is, who's going to be covering the case, all of those great things. So I thought that let's let's go from that place, that very important place. I am going to, I pre-recorded it. I'm going to play that, uh, the full audio from the press release from the Department of Justice, which came out two days ago. Department of Justice, U.S. Attorney's Office, for immediate release, Tuesday, March 12, 2019. Arrest made in nationwide college admission scam, alleged exam cheating, and athletic recruitment scheme. Defendants include CEOs, actresses, university athletic coaches, and college exam administrators. Boston. Dozens of individuals involved in a nationwide conspiracy that facilitated cheating on college entrance exams and the admission of students to elite universities as purported athletic recruits were arrested by federal agents in multiple states this morning and charged in federal court in Boston. 
Athletic coaches from Yale, Stanford, USC, Wake Forest, and Georgetown, among others, are implicated as well as parents and exam administrators. William Rick Singer, 58, of Newport Beach, California, was charged with racketeering conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, and obstruction of justice. Singer owned and operated the Edge College and Career Network, LLC, The Key, a for-profit college counseling and preparation business, and served as the CEO of The Key Worldwide Foundation, KWF, a nonprofit corporation that he established as a purported charity. Between approximately 2011 and February 2019, Singer allegedly conspired with dozens of parents, athletic coaches, a university athletics administrator, and others to use bribery and other forms of fraud to secure the admission of students to colleges and universities, including Yale University, Georgetown University, Stanford University, the University of Southern California, and Wake Forest University, among others. Also charged for their involvement in the scheme are 33 parents and 13 coaches and associates of Singer's businesses, including two SAT and ACT test administrators. Also charged is John Vandermoor, the head sailing coach at Stanford University, Rudy Rudolph Meredith, the former head soccer coach at Yale University, and Mark Riddell, a counselor at a private school in Bradenton, Florida. The conspiracy involved, one, bribing SAT and ACT exam administrators to allow a test taker, typically Bridell, to secretly take college entrance exams in place of students or to correct the students' answers after they had taken the exam. Two, bribing university athletic coaches and administrators, including coaches at Yale, Stanford, Georgetown, the University of Southern California, and the University of Texas to facilitate the admission of students to elite universities under the guise of being recruited as athletes. And three, using the facade of Singer's charitable organization to conceal the nature and source of the bribes. One, college entrance exam cheating scheme. According to the charging documents, Singer facilitated cheating on the SAT and ACT exams for his clients by instructing them to seek extended time for their children on college entrance exams, which included having the children purport to have learning disabilities in order to obtain the required medical documentation. Once the extended time was granted, Singer allegedly instructed the clients to change the location of the exams to one of two test centers, a public high school in Houston, Texas, or a private college preparatory school in West Hollywood, California. At those test centers, Singer had established relationships with test administrators Nikki Williams and Igor Dvorsky, respectively, who accepted bribes of as much as $10,000 per test in order to facilitate the cheating scheme. Specifically, Williams and Dvorsky allowed a third individual, typically Riddell, to take the exams in place of the students, to give the students the correct answers during the exams, or to correct the students' answers after they completed the exams. Singer typically paid Riddell $10,000 for each student's test. Singer's clients paid him between $15,000 and $75,000 per test. With the payments structured as purported donations to the KWF charity, in many instances, the students taking the exams were unaware that their parents had arranged for the cheating. Two, college recruitment scheme. 
It is further alleged that throughout the conspiracy, parents paid Singer approximately $25 million to bribe coaches and university administrators to designate their children as purported athletic recruits, thereby facilitating the children's admission to those universities. Singer allegedly described the scheme to his customers as a side door in which the parents paid Singer under the guise of charitable donations to KWF. In turn, Singer funneled those payments to programs controlled by the athletic coaches who then designated the children as recruited athletes, regardless of their athletic experience and abilities. Singer also made bride payments to most of the coaches personally. For example, during a call with one parent, Singer stated, Okay, so who we are, what we do is help the wealthiest families in the U.S. get their kids into school. My families want a guarantee. So if you said to me, here's our grades, here's our scores, here's our ability, and we want to go to X school, and you give me one or two schools, and then I'll go after those schools and try to get a guarantee done. As part of the scheme, Singer directed employees of the Key and the KWF to create falsified athletic profiles for students, which were then submitted to the universities in support of the students' applications. The profiles included fake honors that the students purportedly received and elite teams that they purportedly played on. In some instances, parents supplied Singer with staged photos of their children engaged in athletic activity, such as using a rowing machine or purportedly playing water polo. 3. Tax Fraud Conspiracy Beginning around 2013, Singer allegedly agreed with certain clients to disguise bribe payments as charitable contributions to the KWF, thereby enabling clients to deduct the bribes from the federal income taxes. Specifically, Singer allegedly instructed clients to make payments to the KWF in return for facilitating their children's admission to a chosen university. Singer used a portion of that money to bribe university athletic coaches to designate the children as student-athletes. Thereafter, Masera, or another KWF employee, mailed letters from the KWF to the clients expressing thanks for their purported charitable contributions. The letter stated, Your generosity will allow us to move forward with our plans to provide educational and self-enrichment programs to disadvantaged youth, and falsely indicated that no good or services were exchanged for the donations. Many clients then filed personal tax returns that falsely reported the payment to the KWF as charitable donations. The charge of racketeering conspiracy provides for a sentence of no greater than 20 years in prison, three years of supervised release, a fine of $250,000 or twice the gross gain or loss whichever is greater, and restitution. The charge of conspiracy to commit money laundering provides for a sentence of up to 20 years in prison, up to three years of supervised release, and a fine of not more than $500,000 or twice the value of the property involved in the money laundering. The charge of conspiracy to defraud the United States provides for a sentence of no greater than five years in prison, up to three years of supervised release, and a fine of $250,000. The charge of obstruction of justice provides for a sentence of no greater than 10 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and a fine of $250,000. 
the charges of conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services mail fraud and of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and honest services wire fraud provide for a sentence of no greater than 20 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and a fine of $250,000 or twice the gross gain or loss, whichever is greater. Sentences are imposed by a federal district court judge based upon the U.S. sentencing guidelines and other statutory factors. United States Attorney Andrew Lelling, Joseph Bonavalanta, Special Agent in Charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Boston Field Division, and Christina O'Connell, Special Agent in Charge of the Internal Revenue Service's Criminal Investigations in Boston, made the announcement today. Assistant U.S. Attorneys Eric Rosen, Justin O'Connell, Leslie Wright, and Kristen Kearney of Lelling Securities and Financial Fraud Unit are prosecuting the case. The details contained in the charging documents are allegations. The defendants are presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. So the long and short of it is, oh, they in some trouble. <laughs> now, I know you find that to be like absolutely like crazy. Um, I do too. These were some, while they were wealthy people, most of them that, that took that well, took part, the people that were paying, I mean, they were simple people with these simple ideas that they just wanted their child in a better place. Okay. <laughs> so that's what kind of led them to this point, okay? They say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So this is how they drank. They decided that with their money that they could bypass all the hardworking people and the hardworking students who um, put the work in for their grades, who perform well in SAT, ACT. They decided they'd skip the line with their money. And in some cases... They decided to put a lot of money on it. There were some people who spent $6 million um, that they would put a lot of money on this so that way a child could be considered an athlete. That's where I take issue. It is hard enough to be a student, okay, and become admitted into some of the so-called quote-unquote best schools. That's difficult by itself because admissions is not just grades, okay? It's not simply grades. Admissions is your full body of work, community service, you're getting letters of recommendation, you're writing essays, why I really want to be in this school. There is a lot to becoming admitted into any school, much less the quote-unquote top-level, you know, good-to-brag-about schools. You know, oh, my child goes to such-and-such. Such. There's a lot to that as a student. Student-athlete is even more. Now, what is uh, disgraceful and disgusting is that they chose the student athlete route because admissions requirements change for student athletes. Not because student athletes are less intelligent. It, it, there's, it's not an intelligence change to the admissions requirements, but because student athletes are balancing so much more than just an academic student then they have changed the admissions requirements. That is not for one school. That is across the board. NCAA is on board with NAIA. So this is nothing new. So what they chose to do 
being what I'm going to call lazy, I'll classify part of this as being lazy, is instead of, again, their child academically putting the work in, they took their non-athletic child and created fake profiles to make them look like an athlete so that they could go under the athletic requirements for admissions, which took a lot of work. And this is why there are coaches involved in this scandal who were arrested. Because in order to pretend as if this non-athletic student is not only an athlete, but worthy of a spot on a team, or to prove that, there are a lot of things you have to do in the athletic profile, get them registered so that they can be so-called recruited, put them through the system. You sometimes have to showcase images. Uh, There's a lot that has to happen for basically people to accept this cheating scandal and not say anything. So there have to be coaches on board. Um, What would happen once the student got to school, uh, they would either not show up for practice. So no one would really know technically that they were on the team. uh, And that was okay because in those cases, the coach was on board with that, or they would show up, fake an injury pretty like in the beginning and then just quit the team, but they're already admitted into the school. And so they're in, And so that's how they just kind of get in, you know, or they just show up, the coach cuts them because they can't cut it based on the rest of the team and then move on and they're just in. So that is easy breezy how you cheat. (laughs) But like most crimes, sometimes even though you see this crime, it's hard to catch. Okay. You know, it's very difficult to catch, but where they caught it was with the foundation, the KWF. And people started writing off their large donations to KWF, this charity. And that charity, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they probably missed some filings or something about the charity just did not look right, which is why the IRS is is involved. Be willing to, to bet they were the first ones that started looking at, wait a minute, what's happening? And probably timing is everything, Right. So as donations were going to KWF, probably they were looking at the kids from those parents were suddenly going to some consistent schools. So the the head of this singer had these relationships with these schools and looks like USC is wrapped all into this, allegedly. And I'm so sorry for the school uh, because what I know of USC, of USC, it is a great school um, it just seems to be they can they are connected to some bad apples with this one, um, but you know it's it's it almost makes you speechless. But I'm not because I'm right here <laughs> talking about it. Um, but that is just it's stunning. It is stunning to see how many people were that stupid. Okay, that is stupidity that personified. So I also snagged uh, the Massachusetts U.S. attorney. He held a press conference a couple days ago, and I actually think he said some things the best. So I snagged his audio, and I'm just going to play that right now. For every student admitted through fraud, an honest, genuinely talented student was rejected. The parents charged today, despite already being able to give their children every legitimate advantage in the college admissions game, instead chose to corrupt and illegally manipulate the system for their benefit. We're not talking about donating a building 
so that a school's more likely to take your son or daughter. We're talking about deception and fraud. Fake test scores, fake athletic credentials, fake photographs, bribed college officials. So there it is. Now, doesn't he sound disgusted? Fake this and fake that. <laughs> but it's the truth. We should all be disgusted. And then we have, so there's another dynamic here, okay? They they are making they are making the face of the scandal, these two women, which is just very interesting to me for a few reasons. Number one, if you just read about the scandal on paper, your assumption and you know, right, wrong or indifferent, it's our unconscious bias, your assumption would be that the dads of these kids paid the money your assumption would be, you know, that that's what it is. So to show two female faces, uh, which is Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin, to show those faces, it changes the scandal a bit, just in the in the public's eye. And ironically, both of these ladies are actresses, and Felicity Huffman, formerly and best known for her work, although she's an amazing actress best known for her work in Desperate Housewives. Uh, how poetic is that? And then you have Felicity, I'm uh, not Felicity, you have Lori Laughlin, who is best known. She's a great actress in her own right as well, but she is best known for her work on Full House and then eventually Fuller House on the reboot. So you've got these two women that are kind of known for playing wives and, you know, being coupled up and family life. And here they are now getting arrested and having these federal charges and wire fraud. Uh, Felicity Huffman took option A, the cheaper route, which was pay around 15000 and have someone, um, you know, fix the SAT test. And I don't know in her particular case, I'm not aware of what their method was, if someone took the test for her daughter, or if someone, uh, or if someone actually changed the answers once she took it. But there were a variety of options at the testing facility. The child could actually uh, go and get diagnosed with a learning disability so that they could get extra time to complete the SAT. And then during that extra time, they would either cheat or have someone else come in and finish taking the test for them. So it's stunning, to say the least, that this type of system was there. Parents were willing to have their children labeled as having a learning disability, which they didn't have, to, to lay the groundwork for the cheating. So you cheat to cheat to cheat, right? <laughs> Eventually, you're going to get caught. Like, you just have to wonder. Like, I would love to see a Lifetime movie on this. <laughs> I really would. You have to wonder, with the husband and wife, were they both on board? Was one skeptical and one going, well, I don't really think we should do this. And the other one just pushed so hard so they gave in and said, okay, I guess we won't get caught. Like, you just have to wonder, how did this all shake out? Like, how did, how did you fall this far? And then the other disgraceful part is that for every student that gets admitted to a school, there's X number of students that are turned down. So you want to talk about the Ivy Leagues, okay? For for only one in nine students in Ivy Leagues, like a Yale, who's on the list as being connected to this scandal, only one in nine students 
that qualify for admission, okay, not that apply, that actually qualify, only one in nine actually are extended admissions. So you're going, you know, I'm telling myself, wow, like these people literally took away a spot from, in this example, eight other people had a shot, but they took their shot. They took eight other people's shot. So do those people have a lawsuit? On their hands saying, yo, you took someone else under false pretenses. Now I want my shot again. Can they at least get get admitted because they were passed up? <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And then you think about these student athletes in high school. And I posted about this on Twitter today. These student athletes busting their tail trying to become eligible for admission eligible to be recruited, to get a place on a team, to go to school, to get a scholarship. That's like the holy grail. That's a lot of hard work because you've got to balance great grades. You've got to balance great test scores, placement scores, and you have to have a certain level of athletic ability. So you do all of those things, and here comes someone skipping the line with their money, with their money. And, you know, it is almost like an oxymoron because many of these people, like many of them actually worked their way to get to their fortune. You know, they worked as actresses. They worked as doctors. Like they literally earned their income and their fortune. So it's stunning that someone who had earned their fortune would turn around and actually want to just fast forward their own seed, their own child, and not give them that work ethic. Okay, if if you're interested, again, this is the sports plug. This is on the Jennifer Tebow radio channel. If you want to dial in because you want to weigh in, you can at 917-889-8496. Okay, so <laughs> again, you know, I the name that didn't ring a bell to me, but eventually it did really quickly was Mark Riddell. Um, This was the piece that would go in and take the exam for you or, you know, help to orchestrate how it happens. Right. So this, you know, I heard the scandal. I had a certain level of outrage and all of a sudden I get an email from my daughter's school and IMG Academy, and they, and it's like, hey, we're just hearing about this, we're investigating, and then later on in the day, I get an email saying Mark Riddell has been suspended um, indefinitely, and we're continuing to investigate, and I'm going, oh my gosh, okay, so this guy is a placement counselor at my daughter's school, I'm like, oh wow, now I've never heard of him, and the way the school works is that they have a placement counselor assigned to a specific sport. My daughter's sport is basketball. She has someone totally different. Um, and so you're not going to generally cross paths with another placement counselor that's assigned to a different sport. So that's why I never heard of him. I'm sure probably my eyes like ran across him uh, being on campus from time to time. But, you know, I really didn't know who the guy was at all until the scandal broke. But apparently, with more information, and he is a former tennis pro, and he was actually assigned to um, the te- to tennis. So he was doing college placement for tennis, and tennis was one of the sports that they were hiding kids if they were going to option B. Tennis was one of the sports. 
I don't know if Mr. Riddell had any involvement on that really being is that he was test for them or helping facilitate that process and getting ten thousand dollars a pop no less uh, for taking a test so you know that ensued a lot of discussion so apparently he's actually from the Bradenton Sarasota area probably and being a tennis pro probably always admired IMG Academy that started out as a tennis academy first um, it makes sense. He probably just wanted to work there because he really appreciated and loved the school. Um, everything I know at this point is that there has been no connection with Mark Riddell uh, kind of bringing that scandal into the school. There's no IMG students connected to the scandal in any way. And I wouldn't imagine there would be. I mean, students that go to IMG Academy, they're pretty serious about their sport. And IMG Academy is a prep college prep school as well. So you really don't have kind of that um, atmosphere at at IMG. I actually think the guy worked at the school, loved the school, and had a side gig that just happened to be a national scandal. And that's really a shame. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame for him. Uh, it's a shame for all the students that they thought they were helping, which really hurt them. You know, the questions I have are, okay, are we now going to um, – Take back the admissions of those students, in, you know, illegally. I'm sure there is some level of verbiage when you are admitted as you're going through the process that, you know, I'm sure when you sign, I certify that everything is correct under penalty or perjury. I'm sure there is something that they affirmed to say everything I'm telling you about my credentials and my abilities is true. I'm sure with SATACT, and so when you have then lied about it, then at that point, what do you do? I can imagine the schools will probably kick the kids out that are currently enrolled, but this scandal's been going on since 2011, so it's very possible there have been some kids to make it all the way through the system and gain degrees, so do the schools turn around and pull the degrees? Um, personally, I think they should. I don't think you get rewarded for your cheating. I think there is no reward for cheating other than an indictment, a verdict, and a sentence. That's the reward for cheating, not a trophy, not the ability to, to springboard from the level that you cheated to get to, to the next. That's that's not what it all happens. Um, so I would expect, I would absolutely expect for us to see or hear about, and I hope that we hear about, that these kids um, are taken um, out of their perspective, out of their respective programs, because that's only right. That's what's fair to the system. And then open the door for students who had actually earned their way into that school or to the admissions process. You know, it's just really a shame. But the conversation then, then goes, Do we have we set up a system that is so perfect for cheating? Have we set this up for ourselves? Has SAT, ACT become so difficult to overcome that, that people with money have decided to cheat? 
Now, I talked about this in the description of the show. If they had dropped that price from 15000 to 7500 there would be many more than 50 people arrested. I guarantee you that. That 15000 priced out a lot of people. But for 7500 catch them around tax refund time? <laughs> you, I mean, do you see where I'm going with this? See, the problem is not the money alone. The problem is not having morals. The problem is not having a boundary. This, you know, by any means necessary is not supposed to be cheating. Okay. For instance, when I was an athlete and I wanted to become better than my opponents, I did more push-ups. I did more strength and conditioning. I did an extra set of everything. When I was home, I did extras of everything because I knew that's how I could get ahead. That's by any means necessary. This, this, dilemma this mess that they put themselves in because they didn't want to they didn't want to put the work in and didn't want to require their child to put the work in it's going to cost them actual jail time did you hear all of the charges i can't imagine they won't do jail i absolutely can't imagine it from the cheating to the wiring the money on the you know because you're trying to commit fraud oh those are those are big charges and the fbi when they're involved, they're not going to watch people walk away with probation. So, you know, the sad thing is people that paid 15000 may have to wind up paying $250,000 fines and all of these things. Um, it is just absolutely stunning. And they get to be looked at like a cheater. It'll be interesting to see how society views them three years from now. Um, are these people going to all of a sudden no longer be able to work in their field? And should they be? They're cheaters. You know, I don't know. It's Now, that is an, an interesting conversation for a different day. Um, I've, I've always had, um, I've always had a difference of opinion, even within my own brain, about when you do wrong in one area of your life, how it should impact a disconnected area. So if you're Felicity Huffman, you cheated, you got caught, you were charged, you did your time. Does she get hired as an actress? Um, you know, I'm hard-pressed to say she shouldn't be. I mean, she's an actress. That's her profession. It's not necessarily connected to her crime that she's going to pay for. Um, but it's just, again, our society is kind of up and down on how we allow people to have opportunities to work beyond having a problem. Now, we're supposed to be a Christian and forgiving society, but, you know, that's, that's just what it is. So at any rate, that's the show. I'm glad that you listened. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And, hey, we're going to do some more and have a bunch of special episodes. So you take care. And this is Jennifer, Dr. J. Tebow, and there'll be more. You've been listening to the Jennifer Tebow Radio Channel, brought to you by the Tebow Company. Stay connected to us through Tebow.org and Apple Podcasts. This is the Sports Gumbo you don't want to miss. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! 
And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.